sometimes when I'm reading it, I get that same feeling that I would have, you know, when I was, uh, you know, living rough and cocking the pistol every time I answered my door, you know mm. what I'm saying? Afraid either the police or somebody's going to come in and, you know, take all my pills or whatever. Like, yeah, it, just, yeah. it, it, it hits so hard if you've, if you've experienced extended periods of violence like that or living like that. Uh, and like, you see how much of a point he was trying to make with every, every one of these characters and all of their traits, um, mm-hmm. except for maybe the judge, because he's the only one. And well, the judge has made that, um, has made that sort of shift from, um, from, from violence as sort of a monotonous, uh, as monotonous means, right? He's shifted from that to uh considering it an end unto itself right the, he has like game. a philosophy yeah yes yes and and it's the philosophy that's actually my my uh favorite which i think is it's a it's kind of a verbose like uh unpacking of um of of yours essentially is um um this is a long paragraph god uh just go for it go for it yeah it's all good Suppose two men at cards with nothing to wager save their lives. Who has not heard such a tale? A turn of the card. The whole universe for such a player has labored clanking to this moment, which will tell if he is to die at that man's hand or that man at his. What more certain validation of a man's worth could there be? This enhancement of the game to its ultimate state admits no arguments concerning the notion of fate. The selection of one man over another is a preference absolute and irrevocable, and it is a dull man indeed who could reckon so profound a decision without agency or significance either one. In such games as have for their stake the annihilation of the defeated, the decisions are quite clear. This man holding this particular arrangement of cards in his hand is thereby removed from existence. This is the nature of war, whose stake is at once the game and the authority and the justification. Seen so, war is the truest form of divination. It is the testing of one's will and the will of another within that larger will, because it binds them, is therefore to forced to select. War is the ultimate game because war is at last a forcing of the unity of existence. War is God. That's it. God, that's so yeah. good. Crazy, God, man. Shit. That, I mean, and, that is it right there. <laughs> yeah. and, and, that, and that is like, yeah, he's just got this. And that's that's the like, um, and, and the interesting thing is, you know, some of the comeback to that from the guys is not like arguing with his premise, but more just going, eh, whatever, man, you know, like <laughs> they've all got their own version of that in their head that they're kind of mm-hmm. doing or, or ignoring. And, everybody and the judge is the only that. honest one about it. Oh, like, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Judge, the judge is represents this, like, you know, y'all stop being fake about it. Y'all, you know, mm-hmm. or j- embrace the game, dance with me, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, uh, and, and, and Again, I feel like that was that was why I said earlier, I think the judge is the most perfect uh, representation of American values uh, (laughs) that there's ever been in literature, man, (laughs) that embodies it. I mean, America pretty much tells the world every single day. War is God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's that it's that, you know, you're in this you're in this, you know, it's in the time period. Certainly it's kind of a proto fascist sort of thing. Right. But it's you can see it in um, 
I mean, you can you can see it throughout history from that point onward, right? It's reducing the um, you know the human condition or human nature, such as there is one, to this endless conflict, to this endless struggle with some you know uh, with some amorphous other. You know, it's ever present. Mm-hmm. It's in a different form, but you know, there always has to be something else that um, that you set your that you set yourself against, right? Yeah, and also man. like to to double down on that, like quote you 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 saying, uh, you know, the American nature of the judge is another quote that I really mm-hmm. like is relative, but he says, and this is and this is when somebody asks him, why do you spend so much time like obsessing over little things you don't know about, like little creatures, little little <laughs> bugs and stuff? He says, whatever exists, he said, whatever in creation exists without my knowledge exists without my consent. He looked about at the dark forest in which they were bivouacked. He nodded towards the specimens he'd collected. These anonymous creatures may seem little or nothing in the world, yet the smallest crumb can devour us. Any smallest thing beneath yon rock out of men's knowing. Only nature can enslave man, and only when the existence of each last entity is routed out and made to stand naked before him will he be properly suzerain of the earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then a second later, he says, I wish every bird was in a zoo. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's an affront to him. The, their freedom is an affront to yeah, him. Yeah, it's it's a personal <laughs> insult because that's his land. He should own that shit. The fucking the suzerain. Mm. Who uses suzerain, bro? Yeah, hey, yeah that's that's pretty much that's pretty much what he's asked. You know, his friends <laughs> like you could have said Overlord. And he had to, he's like, it's not that deep. Suzerain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, suzerain, I, I, like the, the the ruler of rulers, you know? uh, a special so kind of keeper. He says a suzerain rules even when there are other rulers. His authority countermands local judgments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so fucking good. It's, just reminds me of like the dudes baby. in college where people be partying, and he's just like he shows up with a fedora, and he's like trying to give like a, <laughs> a monologue. <laughs> he's standing in the corner like nobody knows that my authority countermands local judgments yeah but the fact of the matter is when you're seven feet tall and you look like that you gotta listen to him he's he's yes you do but when you're he's, spoken he's, like that he's exactly he's just like uh he's got this idea behind he's he's figured it all out why his violence is okay while it's in fact morally good he's figured out why it's so necessary and in fact it's a it's a moral good for him to have this pure conquest of nature and why that's important and why that's holy. Uh, he's able to countermand the laws of morality and even the laws of God in the Bible by literally just when some people say, hey, that doesn't sound biblical. He says, look at these rocks. These are the words of God. Yeah. The idea is not not in the, some interesting, oh, science is like God speaking to us way, but in the I just explained to you what that rock means. Therefore, my <laughs> words are the words of God. And people are like, you know, you might be onto something. All there, right. <laughs> when a seven foot tall man with a shit ton of money that comes from who knows where and and that shoots perfect and speaks perfect and knows perfect, knows everything, says it, it makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, he literally delivered them from like the first time they meet when they meet him, uh-huh. they are in desperate straits. And then he saves the day he completely delivers them Mm. you know probably enthralling them from that moment because they find him sitting on a rock in the middle of the desert with no fucking water and nothing Mm -hmm. he was just sitting out there what the fuck was he doing nobody knows he didn't have all these moments 
where he's just like walking around like butt naked. He does that all the time. He's naked yeah. all the time. <laughs> Even though he's completely hairless to like, and it describes him as looking almost like a baby. Like a huge yeah, baby. It, it keeps going back to that. It's either describing part of his limbs being huge or like a baby. Those are the yeah. two ways it goes. But it's so weird. <laughs> and, and he's like this gigantic, like overgrown child, basically walking around <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's uh and 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 has this like level of like confidence like this insane confidence i think that's a lot of what the nakedness shows there's mm-hmm. also like this element of like sort of sexual violence that it doesn't mm-hmm. make explicit all the time but there's clearly some of that going on um, oh yeah and and he is uh and, and he is in this way like you talked about representing american values and in a lot of ways is like this representative of like the the driving force of America, like whether or not yep. Cormac is sitting there saying this is Lucifer or not. Um, I don't think it, it matters so much right. because this is still like the American spirit that is like driving people like, Hey, like, like, like he's showing up and he's got all these high-minded ideas that are obviously bullshit, but he's able to enforce them and make them seem impressive because he's big and he's got money and he's and talented he's at killing people. Mm-hmm. And, and he's good at talking. Yeah. And, yeah, and he is genuinely good at what he does in a lot of ways. Yeah, he carries um, himself with, um, um, and it might be a stretch here. This is kind of half formed, but, you know, regarding, regarding the, uh, you know, him as the ultimate like uh you know seven foot tall gorilla who's also like a you know enormous baby looking thing right it's that contradiction that um that i think really defines him right it's he has point. well like america right he has that you know um well, 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 exactly right because it because it, it's the you know america is described as you know well-meaning but bumbling by people who believe in you know the the particular exceptionalism of the country right this big stupid violent baby well, but yes. also knows everything yes, about exactly. the world because he, of it, yeah. he, he has he has the perfect innocence um that stems from arrogating to oneself the right yep to stand in judgment of all else. Mm. The judge who is, he doesn't have a courtroom. He's just the judge. <laughs> He's mm. just the judge of and, all and of it's, it. And it's, <laughs> it's like a situation where, um, where, you know, he's invincible where you have the pastor, like you're not going to get, you're not going to be able to kill him. He's unkillable. He's unstoppable. Yep. And also he can be undermined by the smallest bug. If he doesn't control every little thing, then who all hell will break loose. Mm-hmm. This yeah. idea of like somehow, because you have this idea, you know, this idea of like the United States needs to control everything or who knows what will happen. Uh-huh. But also uh-huh. the United States is indestructible. How's this shit the same? At both exactly. Times? God damn, it, that was such a judge good point. Holden, man. That, yeah, dude. That it really, it's, you talking about that before adding the baby thing to it. Yeah, this, I'm, I'm really coming into, I'm feeling better and better about this thing I just said fucking randomly on Twitter this morning. <laughs> but, no, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was reading the book too, though. I think it, it fits so, it fits so perfectly. And like you it can does. even say, okay, but there's this Satan stuff, and it's like, yeah, well, America's the great Satan. Great Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh, you know, the 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 nature of the judge being able to say whatever he needs to say at the time to whoever, mm. and him not having a real face or them not a lot of time talking about like i don't honestly don't know what the fuck he believes you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like because he can switch it at any time he can make you believe anything talk you know the the example of um when he is doing the little introduction thing to the um 
the Mexican, uh, was he a, a general or a, he was, he was leading a group of, of Mexican soldiers and he's, the judge is like walking him around and introducing him to everybody in the gang. Uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how yes. he, yeah, the, each thing he does. And, and even the, the mention of like when he introduces him to the, uh, to the black dude, um, and starts speaking in Spanish, uh, you know, and, and talking about how, like how, how that interaction goes with the language difference and how they won't sh- not shaking hands. And then he goes on to mention, you know, um, just quickly running over, uh, you know, the sons of ham over here, you know, yeah. he doesn't understand. Like, it's so fucking crazy how he can just, how he just does all that kind of shit. And if that ain't America, I don't know what is, you yeah. know what I mean? Just talking whatever shit needs to be talked, lying about what the fuck ever, saying whoever to manipulate the audience. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it's so, so many of these elements of the judge, it just, it, it really, really, it, it, that's, that's where my head goes. Absolutely. And he is, you know, at the end of the day, since he's met them all before and he's part of their, you know, he helps, you know, uh, with recruiting and stuff, he is bringing these weird outcast, disaffected second, third fail sons and he's like a big part of what's bringing them into this this battle or whatever. Yeah. Um, and even when they go into uh, it's in chapter 14, when they go into just another small town, he's out there among the kids saying, hey, what's your name? All right. You come in here. Oh, yeah. You uh, get a couple of your friends and whatever. And then mm-hmm. by the end of the chapter, those guys are running around with them. Uh, there's a whole there's several moments in this book where they say and they recruited a handful new from the town and it doesn't really say oh, that yeah. they're yeah. going to be dead before the chapter's out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, they, they, and, 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 and they go through like three towns that they just completely lay waste to. Yeah, that they're yeah. like re- they're accepted as heroes and then they leave the town and everyone's like just hiding from them, mm-hmm. I mean, especially <laughs> in chapter 14 is a really extreme one because they show up. And they are bragging about money and they, they recruit all these like sort of beggar guys to like be in their crew. And they just start slaughtering, like uh, slaughtering animals. And then there's this, this like hostile tavern that's run by a German guy and they just like drive him out and they take over it. Um, And, 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 you know, there's this like interesting, like, and then the merchants are all fighting each other to get to their money. And it's like Uh almost this like introductory of American capitalism into this just village. Um, yeah, like this this force that just comes through, it dominates all over others just because by simply being what it is, yeah. you know. Uh, it even fights the other capital. It, it, it sees the German and it squares up with them too. It's like, no, right. no, 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 this yeah. is our territory, you know. Yeah. And that's kind of how imperial wars happen, actually. Interesting. And enough, they but. do that throughout, like you were saying, like um, so just be even if they aren't there to get receipts, they're just drinking. They're just there drinking. And it like will casually be like, Oh yeah, they were just there drinking, but you know, a bunch of people ended up dead. Yeah, it'll, <laughs> oh, there's yeah, one time off. where it says they were drinking. A, a quarrel, a quarrel broke out that ended in whatever, and then, and it's like happens so often that like when you hear that someone's gonna drink, it's just like okay, someone's about to die. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's it's interesting, and like you have, and you have these like weird little moments in the town. The towns have some like really one of the freakiest moments in the book happens in the town. Um, where the judge meets this this little boy who's selling dogs. Um, mm. He sells a pair of oh. puppies. And he does this whole game where he pays the kid way more money than the puppies are worth. And he does a little magic trick, pulls the gold coin out from behind his ear, takes the dogs and chucks them in the water. And then uh, one of, the, one of the, the members of the gang, one of the lesser members of the gang, uh, Bath Cat, just 
just shoots both of them. And and uh the kid just like watches and it's just like yeah, and then and then you know, you know, the judge goes on his way and leaves this kid feeling morally responsible. Just um, for no reason other than to mm-hmm. just, you know, and to do to that. mess with him and also to like get Bathcat in on this. And interestingly yeah. enough, you have earlier in the novel Bathcat talking with um talking with Toadvine about oh man, I don't like to shoot at wolves. Mm. And and then like you have them having this conversation of not liking to shoot at wolves. And then later you have him killing these yep. dogs. I don't he know how it puppies. connects, but it's like, it's like the judge like taking him one step farther. Yes. That's exactly mm. what it is. That's yeah. exactly. The this, judge is just like, here you dude, go, buddy. Yeah. He sees a dude wearing ears, like a necklace of ears and says, man, I can make him worse. Like <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, and, but there, and another part of that thing with with the kid is, and and it's another, it's interesting how they handle this with the judge, um, because it keeps you on your toes about it. Uh, is his affinity, I say, uh, for kids, yeah, and how yeah. he treats them and what he does, because it never explicitly says, and um, it it implies a lot of things, and then there's at one point where somebody mentions to glanton you know that a little girl had gone missing or something mm-hmm. uh and he's like uh so, something about the judge and he's just like ah like he knows he knows what and, time and, it and is. at the very the very like last part where they're getting overrun um at the fortress there the judge has a i said a naked young girl in his room too yeah i mean like that so it it eventually gets that explicit when they're at the that was at the yeah at the, at the but it builds up to it very yeah, but like before that, and and you'll see, you know, he'll be weirdly nice, but then yeah. something followed by something that's the most fucked up thing you've ever heard. And it's like his, like you were saying before, his, what gets his juice is is fucking with people and turning them into something else. Oh, you know yeah. What I mean, yeah. like, and that's what he's doing. It's like, well, that's what he's doing with these kids, you know, it, even though it never explicitly says, you're like, you start to get, you know, I I did some per, uh, person I was talking to about it that was like I was like yeah well, you know the judge fucks kids dudes that's not that's not cool I realize he says a lot of shit that you probably think is real cool if you're a tough guy but uh, mm-hmm. how do you account yeah. for the fucking of kids bro that's not that's not cool and he's like what no oh my god that. like, <laughs> oh, like and, and it was he and again I think that that's a clever way to deliver that. Uh, I, I think that that again, it's it's on purpose mm-hmm. because nobody wants to believe that about America either. No, <laughs> but every day, every day, it is our business here in America to mm-hmm. fuck kids. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what happens every day in America. It's it's oh, man, and that really colors that when years later when he tells the kid now become the boy, I could have been like a father to you. That really colors mm-hmm. that statement too, in a really Absolutely. creepy way. Oh yeah, Absolutely. and that's and and that's the final. That's I mean, that's what we leave them on, isn't it? You know, the kid goes into that outhouse, and there's the judge, and then we just never see either of them again. Well, well, well no, we see the judge again. dancing. Yeah, yeah. Well, we uh, can get to that because I have a few things to say about that. But mm. <laughs> let's uh to 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 center more. We've gone like like I said, the middle of this novel is is it's not plot less in the sense of not a lot of plot is happening. But it is just sort of a lot of acts of distinct violence. They go from town to town. They do violent things in the town. They get payment for the violent things they do to native folks out of the town. There's, you know, a run in with uh, 
some folks that are mad at them and they say they're going to pay them off in whiskey and then they screw them over on the whiskey. Like that's a lot of that is happening and it's interesting, but like, it's, it's just a, it's, it's violent act after violent act after violent act. You know, they're in Yuma territory for a time, a lot's happening. Um, you know, and, um, well, the main thing being that like, and that eventually it doesn't matter who they're killing, you know, yeah, they got, no, like, it's, it's crossed so over there. There's oh, one, yeah. you know, the, the Miguel, uh, the the Mex the only Mexican fella in the gang, uh, which Glanton just refuses to call by a Mexican name because that's how fucking racist he is. He just calls him McGill to you know mm-hmm. to makes him Irish just because he doesn't like saying a Mexican name. Um, you know he gets killed in one of the scuffles and uh, like well, um, I don't think people are going to be able to tell. Um, yeah, and he'd done this before. Like I don't think people are going to be able to tell where these scalps came from as long as they got dark hair. You know, yeah, and so they just start. You know, we getting receipts from everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and know, it's no like a situation where are. the people who pay them because they're scared of them are putting out bounties on them the next day. Yeah, like and like and and it's a thing where like if by any you know objective measure, you know, Glanton's time is running out. You know, like mm-hmm. like if Glanton was smart, he would run and run far and he would <laughs> come up with a different line, get in a different line of work. I, I hear there was a gold rush happening around then. Maybe, maybe he'd become a prospector out in some faraway mine, but he needed to get a different line of work. But you know, that's it not kind of hints that he knows that though, you know, with, uh, Ed, again, this is one of those things that just kind of comes along in that, um, in that section of the, they're escorting the, the entertainer and the fortune teller. Yeah. Um, you know, there's that whole scene, which is a bit confusing the first time you read it. Um, but still like you, you could tell there that Glanton knows Glanton don't want to see what's coming. You know, he, he kind of knows where, where things are headed and he doesn't need to be told it. And he like explicitly doesn't want to be, you know, shown it. Um, and I mean, notably he's already like, and he's already kind of in hell, you know, like you have right. a, you have them wandering the waste. At one point, they come across human heads, and both the judge and Kalanton kicks kick the heads, and the heads are set up in such a way. It's described. It's 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 the way the heads pop out of the ground. The I forget the exact number, but it's the exact the exact number and way they're described in Dante's Inferno as coming out of the wow. ground. Yeah. And the yeah. kick is like when Dante kicks the skull, and it's kind of a joke in Dante's Inferno. But <laughs> but it's 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 this. He's in hell. Like he's legit. Like there's nowhere else for yeah. him to go. Like, yeah. you know, if, if he dies, like the, the hell doesn't want him. Like, right. He's probably not. Like it's the idea of the guy that's too bad for heaven or hell. Like that's kind of the situation that he's in. Like, and they're already in like Texas and this like burnout part of Texas and Mexico is, is like, is like hell. And it's like this war yeah. that they're fighting and, and they live in this. And it is this like interesting. And since the middle of the novel is so difficult to talk about plot wise, because it is this like liminal space. It's like you even have the judge talks about like, hey, there used to be people here, you know, and Mm. look in rock. You can see, you know, this outline and, you know, he's referring to these ancient civilizations. Um, He's like, but so many have been washed away. And you can see that like the only time really you see this like fear at the heart of the judge is when it's like this idea of not being immortal, this idea of mm. of being yeah. washed away, being like the people he kills. Yeah, he says uh, that he says that that, that the um, that the stone workers right have this special have this special sort of indelible place in the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those. But who even then, stone. they wear away yeah. though. The stone will wear away, and mm-hmm. yeah. the the judge has this like fear of death. It's like 
It's the only real thing. And it's not like he's afraid of getting killed. Exactly. The bullet's not going to take down the judge. It's not that. He's just afraid of not being in control anymore. Yeah. Or not, not being able to, you know. And like history whiling him away in some like yeah. abstract sense. And he's like this idea of like, no, I will be here forever. I am eternal. Which I is like. never die. Kind of an empire-like idea. Every single empire. It, <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of that. Like a Rome. Yep. Or a, imperial china or all these different things like from the ancient day like very old idea or like yeah. the sun never sets on the british empire kind of shit and yeah. it's a very and it, it's he's a very american version of well if i <laughs> in, in the new version is oh if i out science it and out conquer it and out history it and out catalog it huh? and i'm gonna i don't know go to mars and live forever that kind of shit <laughs> that's the american yeah. version and that's where this comes from and that's, that's exactly it the one look into Judge Holden's fear because Judge Holden's not afraid of getting shot. He walks out in front of bullets. He he walks out in front of the kid and is like, you're not going to shoot me. And he's right. He's not going to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you see a little nerve when they talk about a lot of people lived here and now we don't know who any of them are. Right. And that part really yeah, got to me. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I man, will say I, it's I, not. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll, I'll say it after that. No, nah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I will say it's not my. Um. My number one quote, I was almost going to come from that, but then it was a, there was a quote that was so, that summed up the dialogue so well that I wanted to do that. Uh, it's okay. simple. There's just a, there's just, they come across some prospectors and one guy's been shot and it's, it's clear what's going to happen. And they've got a guy with him. He kind of knows what he's doing doctor wise. Um, and he, you know, a little bit and he walks up to him and he says, what have you done for him? Ain't done nothing. What do you want me to do for him? Ain't asked you to do nothing. That's good because there ain't nothing to be done. <laughs> and I don't know why. But for me, that felt so much of Dude. like the ethos at the center of the, like so much of it. <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. it's so perfect. And the way it's delivered, the, the language used to deliver it, the plain, you know, it's mm -hmm. just it's perfect. It's so perfect. <laughs> mm. And it's like one of the only times in the novel I did any, like I cracked a smile even a little bit. Yeah. You know, even though it's dark, it's talking about, they're talking about a dude with a shot, like he's been shot right in front of him, you know, like it's fucked mm -hmm. up. But like, there's a little oh, bit man. of back and forth there, you know, but I, it's interesting. But one thing I was going to ask, cause you mentioned, we mentioned it a second ago, we talked about the entertainers and the guy that came across in the town. One thing that I found interesting is the character of, um, I don't, do they, they refer to him as the idiot or the moron or, or I was going to yeah. say, yeah, the, 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 What's I was wondering if we were going to talk about that. No. I, so again, I think this is one of those weird, I think he was there. I mean, obviously there for his interaction with the judge and it was trying to make a point about how the judge, you know, um, you can never tell if he's going to embrace someone, uh, you know, and, and, and do something like weirdly, nice or or intriguing to try to you know impress him or whatever or if he's just going to be fucked up and horrible you know mm -hmm. going to rape him to death <laughs> like you don't mm -hmm. know you never know and the whole time you're like because you've already been established that's that's already been established about the judge so when the when the idiot comes along it's just like oh god i don't mm -hmm. oh god this His name is a uh, james robert bell right and and just like for context i just wanted to say for context for those who may not have like read the book just like really quick before we get too much into it. He's basically just a, a severely mentally disabled guy. 
that's being kept in a cage by his older brother and basically shown off like like a geek show or something like that. Yeah, like, two like bits like and you can see him and and his brothers and his brothers yeah. thinking of uh, lighting out for California and showing him off there for four bits. Yeah. Anyway, you can keep going. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I just realized that we didn't yeah, really like, define. Him. I yeah, just kind of started just talking. The name. Yeah. yeah. Um. But he's and he's literally chewing on a turd. You know, yeah. the first time mm. you see him, like so. And and from the first bit of interaction that you know the judge has with him and what's going on there, I was I remember that specifically getting to that the first time I read it, being like, oh god, oh this is gonna this. Now we're about to get real fucked up. I can yeah. already see what's going mm. on here. And you expect it, you know. Um, but then again, how that ends up. And I guess it, you know, the the thing with the the fairy is is a pretty, you know, important part. I don't know if we're there yet, but that's kind of when. We're close. That's when, that's when the, the idiot thing really, you know, comes to fruition. And when that, when that story kind of plays out. But him, you know essentially they go take over this ferry just take it from a dude <laughs> you know mm. take over this this river crossing um you know make uh doing shady backroom shit with the indians getting them to you know the judge again creating war creating conflict you know convincing indians to come and and kill a bunch of folks and then turning on them when they get there just so they can have a conflict so they could take this place over and he's he's got you know these they're they're charging people to do the river crossing. They're they've got um, you know, r- regular people coming through all the time. And the judge is as it's almost like this little fiefdom, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and but when you you see at the at the end of it, you've got the judge with a little girl naked and the idiot in a room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like a- again, he's he took this 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 uh person and, and made them into something made them do stuff made them do you know yes yes yeah and, and and when he has the vision of the judge after he gets his surgery he says he no longer sees the idiot but he sees this like great figure that the judge obscures in its place like helping forge like what yeah. the judge is judge of and that's parts is very like very high-minded but it's like this replacement but like you have like this really like the final, not final, but one of the final show albums with the judge is he's literally walking the dude on a leash. Mm, and it's yeah. like dark. It's also worth noting, though, I feel like this is like, we, we know Cormac McCarthy's favorite novel, I should have said it earlier, is Moby Dick, right? Yeah. And, and there's like some real Captain Ahab stuff going on here, more with Glanton, I think, than with yeah. um, than with the judge. But it is worth noting that in, that in Moby Dick, uh, what's his name? Pip, who goes crazy after the whaling accident, oh, is yeah, like, yeah, yeah. does like become like Ahab's core confidant towards the very end. Mm-hmm. And he's like whispering in his, and he's the only guy he'll talk to, even though he's been this minor thing this whole time. So like maybe there's something there too. That's a good um, point. Yeah. Or maybe yeah, it's just like a situation where you read the book enough times, it colors your like how you well, write. That, I don't know. And the, and, and the thing is like, it's, it's a very, um, you see the, um, I mean, I, I mean, I hate calling him the idiot, but that's, I mean, you know, that's, that, too. Yeah. that's his name. Yeah. That's his name. Like in the in book. The book though, yeah. Like. Well, yeah. I mean, and pretty much, you know, it's his name. It's his identity. It's at this point, at this point is his, uh, his nature, you know, and it's emblematic of, I mean, he's a facet of the judge himself, right? I mean, the judge mm-hmm. surrounds himself with people that he can act on in, in the case of, you know, children or that he can act through. 
in the case yeah. of you know the idiot, you know somebody or who's Glenton, been, honestly, or Glenton, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know somebody who's yeah. completely surrendered their agency, whether it's you know surrendering their their um, their intelligence entire, you know, to the extent right. that they that they had any, or um, or giving oneself wholly to this uh, to this endless pursuit, this endless uh, this endless cycle of wealth violently extracted and then frittered away right necessitating yeah. more wealth to violently extract right and it's 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 striking to me i think that he that you see this vision of him like toward the end with the forger dude because he's making coins mm-hmm. the dude's making coins with which um um uh, with like the judge's likeness on him, right? With the judge's, with yeah, with the judge's, with the judge's likeness, and yeah, of this is the judge, judge. You know, not merely, not merely the coins, but the um, um. Well, the, I mean, the previous, the previous sentence here, right? He is a, uh, uh, he is at contriving from cold slag, brute in the crucible, a face that will pass, an image that will render this residual specie, this currency, current in the markets where men barter, right? So, you know, he's, <laughs> again, he's, he, he's seeking out what makes, what makes men tick. And then he's just appointing himself God King of that, right. Whether yep. it be, whether it be, you know, and I don't think it's an accident that he's using, that he's using, you know, cold, hard cash toward the end here. Right. It's a, it's a right. shift. Mm-hmm. I think it's a shift, I think from the, from the violence that we've been directly, that we've been directly observing to what, um, to what ultimately drives it, you know, the the the, uh, yeah. the economic and the material markers of the uh, contexts that give rise to it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that it, makes perfect sense. Yeah, I, I don't. It is. It is interesting, and I don't. I feel like I bounced off the question of the idiot and exactly what he represents, and I don't have a great. I don't have like an all. I don't think I have a perfect answer. Um. You know, um, but yeah, I think, I think you're onto something. It's, it's, it, it colors the judge. It also, you know, it, it, it's, it's another, it's another facet of, I think McCarthy in this book is also interested with the idea of the entertainer and different ideas of entertainers. And that's another thing. Yes. This is like, yeah. this idea of the point. geek is a very much like a circus mainstay yeah. at this time. And for many years to come after this time. So I think that's a big part of it too. Because, you know, he has the fortune tellers, he has jugglers, he has the judge doing magic tricks and doing, yeah, uh, playing his playing his fiddle and saying everyone can dance. And so and he talks about how everybody's like part of this, like cosmic ritual or whatever the hell. And so this is also part of that. I think it's, uh, you know, and I can't think of like geek shows now without thinking of um, Nightmare Alley. Uh, yeah. Uh, yep. But um, um, but it's 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 that kind of thing, though. I think I think that's also part of it. And um and, and also you have an interesting moment where you have some women who it's one of the only acts of compassion in the entire novel. Yep. Try to try to take care of this guy. They try to dress him up and they try uh-huh. to wash him off. And I mean, and he immediately, he immediately like gets confused by it all and nearly dies. And the judge saves his, saves him from drowning himself afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that's when he becomes completely like the judges under the, the judges. That, yeah. That sort of like weird, man, that that's such a, a scene, um, mm-hmm. you know, carrying him out of the water and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that it, it reads stuff like that. Like I know I get my, my thing with that whole s- section is like, 
I'm supposed to be understanding. There's more to this, and I don't mm-hmm. fucking get it. <laughs> I know? do know that the chap top of the chapter when it's laying out the chapter it describes that part as the baptism. Yeah, the baptism, yeah. and that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's and, interesting. and that's kind of like uh, you can you can feel that when you're reading it too. But it, but it it just always kind of escaped me where exactly where you know where he was going with that. I guess there's got to be some mystery to it because I I'm. I even like browsed online, like seeing what people had said about it. And like, you see people say Moby Dick and somebody, and some people are like, well, it's actually, and they'll do like an obscure historical thing. And it's like, I didn't read anything that made me feel too confident. I've, I've, what watched, it was. I've watched hours and hours and hours and hours of collegiate lecturers. Yeah. Discuss this book. And mm. nobody ever talks about the idiot. Yeah, <laughs> nobody <man. laughs> ever talks about it. <laughs> nobody ever brings him up. I mean, there's plenty yeah. of other stuff to talk about. I've just never seen. Oh, him sure. Talk it's about just, <clears throat> it's, it's a thing, but it's like, it, man, I will say you don't have, he really does add a layer to that, that like, that like confrontation in the desert when he's literally walking the dude on like a leather leash. Like, yeah. It's such a, yeah. And he's carrying the parasol. Image. Oh my God. It but occurs yeah, to like, me. There is, sorry, I cut you off. No, 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 um, go for it, go for it. There is another act of compassion, or at least an attempted one, toward uh, toward the very end of the book. Um, right at the end of uh, page 22, it's uh, page 328 if you have the 25th anniversary version. Um, it's where the kid finds the group of uh, of uh, penitent uh, of penitent mm. um, um, penitents. I mean, that's that is the plan, yeah. penitents. The group of penitents that's been you know hacked to pieces in the desert by you know some other some other uh, party before him. You know, one very much like his, or you know maybe maybe it's Comanches or whoever, right? And he sees an old woman kneeling in between the rocks and praying. And he's like, oh, okay, so here's somebody who's somehow survived and who's waiting on uh, salvation, you know, and he goes up to her, um, he's speaking in Spanish to her, he's like, hey, I'll get you to a safe place, can you hear me? And she's not living, she's a corpse, she's actually, she was just a dried (laughs) shell and she had been dead in that place for years, right? It's, it's, it's It's the one, it's the one, it's that one shred of of trying to make some kind of human connection trying to give back to um you know to a people that you've taken so much from and by then it's too yeah 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 there is another moment of um compassion as well when a a group of uh of american indians does find them in the desert uh and by them i'm referring to uh you know the kid and uh tobin the ex-priest um they do they do find find them in the desert after like you know sort of the i guess the final battle or whatever and they do save their lives you know give them some water yeah. give them some food oh this is when yeah. the kid gets a arrow through his leg yeah yeah, yeah. but mm. let's backtrack just a little bit because we've, we've danced around it we talked about the ford or, or the ferry the, the, and this is really where the it's hard to even say where the climax of the novel is. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, I, I wanted to say climax, but then I was like, wait a second, hold on now. It, maybe like the big conflagration. The, if it was a know. movie, if it was a movie, it's the climax. Yeah. You know, in the yeah. three act structure of like a film. Yeah, they're trying to right. do it, which, and I feel like, and I feel like the, um, the Yuma massacre is the logical, like, uh, like third act, like the denouement after that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah, you have this whole, you have this whole moment where um, 
you you have well not this whole moment you have basically the glanton gang you know kicked out of just about everywhere in the country in both countries has gone to this gone to this ford where people basically get ferried across um and they take and they take it over there's this guy who was running it before because you can make good money doing it they take it over the dude had a cannon there so they set it up they basically build a fort um it's the only place you can you can ford the river um another group tries to set up a ford and they just they just shut down their operation and basically they just make bank of people coming across the river and at first they charge them you know an arm and a leg and eventually they just start robbing people um and it's these huge (laughs) huge uh wagon trains that are going out towards california um you know in in the mid in the mid-century here you know people you know between people pursuing gold and people pursuing moving out west and all this they're just able to rob people blind and they build up. It's as Glanton's not even looking at how much money he has. He's just continuously dumping <laughs> more money on the pile. It's crazy. <laughs> and, and this is what at this point Glanton is like, if there was any questions that the dude is like mad out of his mind, like the dude is just like, yeah, he's descended now. Like, you know, yeah, he, he just crazy eyed or whatever. Um, and, and it's at this point that um, the, uh, that the Glanton gang, they kind of, they get, they get their comeuppance uh, eventually. It's at this point where they've just, like I said, Glanton should have gone and hid somewhere far, far away. They should have all dispersed and took up a new line of work. None of them could do it. And eventually <laughs> and this, and this group of folks, I mean, and they, they, they get, dri- they get driven away. They get destroyed by, um, is it, is it you, is it Yuma Indians who defeat them here? Yeah. Yes, and, yes. and this is one of those interesting things that I will say about plot wise. Mm is there's this there's all this cool subtext with the plot of who is who is really running the show and who is actually directing these events and it, and it does it doesn't come out and tell you you know that basically once once the judge comes into the picture it he is the catalyst in every conflict that happens one way or another and uh, and and if and it, he'll find a way to make it so, even if it ain't going to be so, he'll find a way to make it so. Uh, and it is sort of you know uh, playing playing both sides with the Yumas is is where you really get to see the most of that, you know. Yeah. Um, because he he knows they they need to get back out get back out and do the game, uh, and um, and and I mean. He, he knows that he knows that some shit's going down. He's like, well, that's that's what I'm here to do. Let's make it happen. And it, it you know, I, if I'm remembering correctly, um, it doesn't ever like explicitly tell you um, that he set up his his own people to get fucked up. But <laughs> um, it is implied. Yeah. Uh, and he certainly and- doesn't seem worried about it. Exactly. He's ready for it. In fact, he is waiting mm-hmm. in his room with a fucking howitzer in, under his arm, you know? Yeah, God, that was, that was a, such a giga Chad move. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Dude, that was the moment where I, I was like, I almost like imagined him like in a fallout game. Like, yep. The, the, uh, you could see the judge like modded in to like fall out of Vegas. Like Absolutely. literally holding a lit cigar over the touch hole of the thing, you know, just <laughs> easy to please. Honestly, like oh I'm not saying God. that there should be a movie adaptation of this. I don't think it'll work, but I would like to see that scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, would I would like, like to see to, that. Yeah, that that's. Uh, I mean, there's there's a few scenes that I would really like to see. There's a few that I don't, 
at oh, all. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. But, there's a few that I'm just like, you can't adapt this, but you know. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, that's but, the thing. Like, I just don't see, it. but because of that thing I talked about earlier, you have to show the kid going one way or another. Mm-hmm. If you make mm-hmm. it into a film, you have to show how much the kid participated, and the yeah. book very explicitly does not want to show how much the kid participated in, in like the real fucked up stuff because they want, you know, it seems like it wants the reader to decide how much the kid, wait, is the kid killing babies too? Surely Mm -hmm. not. You know, but you get to decide because it doesn't ever say how do you can't get past that in a film? You know, how do you, I mean, I guess you, you could, there's probably somebody that could do it, but it's going to be tricky. Yeah. That's a tricky thing without without saying which way the kid goes one way or another, showing exactly what the kid does. Timothy Not Chalamet as the kid. Oh, my I, God. Dude, <laughs> I, I said that. I, I knew my buddy, as soon as um, my buddy Savage is like on the Cormac Reddit stuff and, and whatnot, and everybody's speculating about the movie have been for years and years. And he was like, you know, Timothy Chalamet going to play the kid, right? I'm like, shut up. Dude, shut up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, you're gonna need somebody who looks like he's been punched a handful yeah. times more than Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> I, I don't hate Dim- Timothy Chalamet in Dune just because he's supposed to be a pretty boy in that. Mm. Yeah, oh, he's like, good for certain things. But great. like, but yeah, no, you need a guy who looks like he's been through the ringer, and that's why that's. Oh yeah, for, uh-huh. for, I mean, I mean, one of the first things that ever happens to the kid is he gets shot by a boatman twice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah, it's like welcome to puberty. You've been shot twice it's in the growth plate. Like it's. it's <laughs> crazy man but yeah that so they have this slot they slaughter this well-deserved slaughter like you don't feel bad for these guys like they mm-hmm. need to, they Ooh, they clanton glanton gets his real good too. oh yeah he, <laughs> he gets fucked up and like and as he should but you have this and then you have this moment where there it's just the kid and uh the kid and tobin that the ex-priest they managed to be uh they they, they kind of managed to escape the kid's got an arrow through his leg um and and they they fall in they 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 run into the judge and uh the idiot at one point um in in this pit and the judge is like does this whole thing where he's like how much money is x worth or whatever like how much money is it worth to buy your hat off you in the desert he's trying to buy the gun from the kid um he's like he's got all this money he's got this real very satanic feeling moment of like doing this Mm -hmm. devil's bargain um you know and at that point, Tobin's like, you just got to kill him, kill him right now. And, and the kid just decides, no, he's not going to kill him. And, and then you have this moment after that, that's like very much a standoff kind of thing. You have, you know, the judge pursuing him and it feels very, you know, it's, it's a very tense scene of him like crawling through these, like these, these, these messed up, uh, these, these messed up old, like, uh, like riverbeds that, that, that are like dried out and hiding in a well and like crawling around and shots are going and you've got Tobin and the kid's ear giving him the worst advice of all time. Like, <laughs> like, Oh no, shoot, shoot there, shoot there. Like, and he just does, doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> Tobin immediately tries to do something, get shot through the neck, somehow survives that. We don't really even know what happens to him for too long after that. But, um, and you have this final sort of standoff where they're running from the judge because the judge is like full murder mode He's got rifles. He's he's and he's got this horrifying moment where he's uh, he's he's has a parasol that's made out of this bone of this ancient animal, and it's it's with skins. Um, and he's taken he's taken uh, Tobin's old hat and split it down the middle, and he's wearing it on his head. So there's this hat that's like cut in half, 
and he's got and and he's he's almost completely naked and he's got the idiot on a leather leash crawling in front of him and he's like hunting him down the judge in in this you know last when he's when he's in full on freak show mode um and at his his most terrifying and and being this like um culmination of all these weird things uh or you know all these um with, with the parasol and and the hat and the uh the the guy on a leash it it again makes me think of you know the the culmination of uh, and how it ties to america and and judge being the judge being american as fuck is like in its and it's most terrifying and most um, like what it becomes after all of that shit. Uh, and when it's when it's doing its thing, like as it wants to do it, uh, just being like this hodgepodge of, of you know, um, violence and and debauchery and perversity and and um, manipulation uh, in like mm. it's in its most wild, visually wild form, you know. Which is which is part of the uh, it's part of the kind of the kind of um, the myth like the meme of America of America and its its and its uh, military bearing like the character of its uh, of its uh, military as you will again you know that kind of bumbling giant you know Um, Mm. I've heard it said that uh, you know the United States practices chaos on a daily basis in terms of its uh, of its uh, military right and that's what makes (laughs) it so dangerous right. Yeah. And on the one and on the one hand, you know, you from a from a military background, and I've seen people with military backgrounds meme about this, you know, from you know, that can be part that can be endearing, but you know, you look at it from the other side. Imagine being on the receiving end of mm. something that is uh is, you know, um you know, in that is that is inscrutable or operates by 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 laws fundamentally different from your own right, right. i mean it's you, i mean you see it in the in the glanton gang's um confrontation of increasingly formidable foes right you know you go from mm-hmm. um from massacring villages to fighting uh, groups of indians um to they run into the mexican army and they win i mm-hmm. mean where do you go from there if you're in their path right mm. It's, 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 it's a force of nature, truly, or it yeah. seems that way. And, and it's interesting, um, you know, talk about the spectacle of it. Like, let it yeah. never be forgotten. Let it never be forgotten that at the start of um, at the start of the attack on Iraq, at the beginning of the Iraq war, um, you know, about 20 years ago, um, what do they call it? Shock and awe. Shock they and timed awe. the beginning of the bombing campaign. Not to the most, uh, not to the time when it would have been the most strategic with the light, but to the time when the most Americans were going to be at home watching TV. Mm-hmm. They started the bombing campaign right at, I think it was like 730 or whatever time they calculated the most people were going to be Eastern time tuning into their television sets. It was actually would have been more convenient to do it at a different time. And I, that's. You know, and that's not what obviously that's not what McCarthy's writing about specifically. This was written before that. But my point but, is, yeah, that's so inherent that that like it, showmanship, that freak mm, showmanship that this, no yep. one asked for. That this no one likes. ritual, <laughs> ritual slaying on a on a on a global scale. Yeah, uh, it's it's notable. Uh, I, I I had a stupid thought today while I was uh, was thinking about this this book driving around. I thought. Uh, 
You you know like the like the operator guys who come back from Iraq and like there was this like whole thing where they were like making like black rifle coffee and they had all these like different brands and shit like that. You mm-hmm. remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was imagining like uh like Judge Holden and like the Glant gang, like their own versions of like the, <laughs> stupid like PM, these, like PMC like, black rifle coffee with the judge. It's like the same shit though. Like, you know, yeah, like, nah, yeah. There was a I remember there was like a group of like guys and they were like ex-seals, and their whole thing was like we made coffee and we ground we put some like pork in it so Muslims can't have it. Like, and how is that God, any less stupid? How is that any less stupid than like what we have in this book? Like, it's the same. It's just yeah, it's the same mindset. It comes from the same bigger place. guns. <laughs> yeah, and and there's also something to be said about like the anybody that has hung out with military dudes or been in a military setting. You know, um, I, when they're just chilling, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's weird. Stuff gets real weird with them with with them folks whenever they're just uh, you know when when they're sitting in the uh, in the in the barracks or bullshitting or drinking or whatever it gets uh, like some of the wildest you know we we partied um, but uh, the military boys get extra wild because it's like in that situation you know in it, with all those pressures and all the all the all the other factors going on. Um, there's like an extra, I guess maybe it's because, um, engaging in war requires you to do certain things a certain way. And so whenever they're not actively engaging in the war, it's just like, fuck it, shit show, wild the fuck out. I, you know, um, just the absurdity becomes the point. Absurdity becomes the point. There it is. That's what Mm -hmm. I was looking for. Well said. Thank you, my friend. That was, that's exactly it. The same way about like the sort of like operator groups, you know, Blackwater and these kind of like these kind of uh, mercenary groups, that kind of thing. It's Mm -hmm. a very similar mindset. In fact, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like comparisons to be drawn between like certain like big, you know, professional military contractors and you know this sort of glanton gang that we've now holy shit we have like glanton gangs hundreds of thousands of them on mass and they've got billion dollar budgets llcs (laughs) and shit yeah (laughs) we got dudes who get rich off this shit now that is what i mean let's be real if the judge were around today I mean, oh, he he would be eric prince is that the guy eric prince is exactly yeah yeah that's him that's i mean like him they've they've recently i say recently this was i guess two years ago now but like you know you had mass pardonings of dudes who were blackwater dudes who just open fired on just random civilians in iraq and afghanistan like you had these guys doing killings in schools school children and stuff and getting pardoned off of it just private guys that no rank no anything they the former military brought over there they do these things and it's like man like you just gave the Glanton gangs repeating rifles. Like there is, there is a certain, there, there is a certain culture around, um, you know, and it's not even, and it's not even necessarily um, in isolated to the private military spheres as well. I, I was reading the other day that there's, there's actually the single biggest group, you know, not not that there isn't like a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, poor folk making up the um, making up the rank and file of the military these days. But the single biggest group comes from the top quintile of um, of of uh, wealthiest neighborhoods in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it, it's it, it, it's as it's it rivals um, 
uh like into like like the like the sort of the college like the officer corps yeah, and, that kind of thing yeah you know yeah your military your military family that's been doing it for generations right you know like your dad was a marine and your grandfather was a marine like a a predictor a predictor um a fair a fair predictor of uh your likelihood of military service is knowing other military people sure yeah a cycle funny, of violence kind of thing my dad was a marine yeah. yeah. And uh, before he died, uh, the only thing he ever made me like outright promise him was that I would never give the United States my life. Oh, <laughs> he yeah. Said, he told me straight up. He was like, I did it. I'll show you all the cool shit I learned. I learned some cool shit. I'll show you. Don't Undoubtedly. ever, ever, ever mm. give them your name and number. Don't ever do it. And mm. that was because I, I, I mean, you know how it is. Growing up poor. There was many yeah. times where I was just like, fuck, I guess I'll just go do this then, you know, mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. was in the back of my head. And I, you know, cause he probably saw it, it makes you, it does stuff to your head. Ain't no coming back from, you know, right. uh, yes. even if you don't see combat, even if you are just, you know, um, a part of that, that culture for long enough and, and ingrain that mindset, you know, um, into the way you live like it can it can do things (laughs) and and that is like a big part of the reason that like man when i do we do get a chance to like do organizing and work with you know veterans who really have managed to come around on things have managed to see what they were part of and like wanting to work you know especially mostly it is folks who just like join for like you know the reasons of poverty and stuff yep that is like always so notable and they always have such a useful perspective and stuff like Mm, that you know because like it, 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 it is interesting. And of course, you know, like, I just want to like, you know, there's obviously like that line on that stuff and it, it is an interesting thing. And, Absolutely. and obviously that's very different than what we're talking about, but I think there is a through line because like we were saying at the beginning, um, there is, you know, this, the sort of the blood that's spilled in this book is soaked into the dirt we're standing on, you know? Yes. Um, and, and even though this, it describes the sun boiling it away and, and, and time, coming and things being built um it's still here and 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 i don't mean that in like some like woo woo magical way i just mean in like the sense of like that is what it is built on the tradition have yeah or or, or come from there the heroes were taught to revere come from that our laws a lot of them were written then with those things in mind and our structures are 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 handed down in that way and so when we look at how to make a better world, right? When we look at how to how to improve the world we live in, uh, it's important to when we think about like the concept of reform and what that even means. Mm, yeah, you have to look at like what what's the thing you're trying to reform even built on, man? Exactly. Like, you 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 want because like I'm just saying like I, I don't care what you do to the building if you got a bunch of Judge Holdens in the basement. <laughs> if i got a judge holding the basement i'm burning that thing to the ground that's all and, and that's just it like let's be real judge holden ain't got shit on andrew jackson well sure mm-hmm. yeah. judge holden totally. ain't got Body-wise, a goddamn yeah. thing on andrew jackson mm-hmm. and like uh, you or know shit, so- henry kissinger okay, yeah henry kissinger type like people are living today you know like right right numbers. and and you and i've told i've said this to somebody before they were like Cause they were trying to, we're talking about blood Meridian seeing if they should read it or not. And they're like, well, what's it about? And I'm like, uh, and the easiest way I said, I was, it's the story of how America was built. 
Mm. I mean, you know, yes. that was like the, the simplest answer I could give them. It is a realistic telling of how, you know, um, people that look like me came to take over this whole country and what, yeah. and, mm. and how, and how we sit and the path we set it on from then on out, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that was, and I still think that, that, that really, you know, um, that hits on, on, I don't know if that's what he meant. I don't, you know, again, I'm not going to try to, cause that's, that's not how he got down. He said what he said and, and he wanted us to take what we take from it. And that's what I take from it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's important and it's worth noting, like, and it does it in such a way that's interesting because it doesn't do it in such a way that portrays the Glanton gang, the kid, the judge, all of them as this group that comes in and then they live on the spoils they got. And, and because they did violence, they live happily ever after. Right. Mm -hmm. The people who did the violence don't see any rewards. All they see is death. They see horrible, horrible death as a result. Yeah. Uh, The judge is the only guy who walks away and that's because he sort of represents the spirit of the thing. Right. The eternity of it. The, right. you know, the, 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 mass, the, the, the one who has embraced the game and, you know, the and people who fail sons who were sent to die. Like when we say they drown, like the drown the land in blood, like their blood too, like, you know, right. their blood too. Right. And that's, and it's, yeah. and, it's, and it's the people who are alive to tell the stories afterward that are fit, <laughs> that are, that are, um, they're endowed with this responsibility that um, if they're not, lying then they can't help but leave shit out there's 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 a really there's a really striking bit early on that initially i was looking at just purely as something funny you know because cormac mccarthy is a writer of screen or was a writer of screenplays you know so he has that certain cadence of okay this would be this would be a really hilarious moment filmed right he has that comedic timing about him and it comes up here in on page 66 here you know the kid spat dryly and wiped his mouth with the back of his hand a lizard came out from under a rock and crouched on its small cocked elbows over that piece of froth and drank it dry and returned to the rock again leaving only a faint spot in the sand which vanished almost instantly which (laughs) and in the moment it's it's very blackly funny right you know there's there's a there, you know, the kid and um, and this other person from uh, his uh, filibuster uh, group who who eventually dies, um, you know, they're in this inhospitable land that will kill you graveyard dead, as Cormac McCarthy himself said, <laughs> and then just erase any trace of you having ever been there. But yeah. then you zoom out from that as you go through the book, and you realize, oh, so not only are the victims themselves erased from the equation right but it's anything that they could have said right it's any mm. it's any semblance of um it's any semblance of the terror that uh, that uh, bore down on them and scourged them and scourged them away from um from the surface of the earth right you know yeah it's i mean mccarthy said um um and this is in another context right he said acknowledging Faulkner's influence on him the novel depends for its life on the novels that have been written which yeah which is true you know like you you're you're shaped by the narratives that you grow up around and by the um and you know by the uh, written word that you absorb and the language and all that um but you also have to wonder okay um who's been writing all that 
right? Who's yeah. survived, as I said, to write that? It's the judge. <laughs> yeah, the you know, judges it's, have survived. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's the people who can um, who could transplant one one or another narrative onto um, and make sense of something retroactively, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, and it it makes one think of uh, I don't know if y'all have ever read, and I'm not even recommending the book, The Dawn of Everything by David Graeber. I, I don't really Never recommend it. it for the its, uh, uh, the debt dude. Uh, yeah, not not really. That yes, that I, he did write that, but uh, I don't recommend the book because I don't think it actually has a very good analysis of way like society moves. But it makes a good point when it talks about native people, right? And it says mm-hmm. this. Um, over and over it hammers home how much we just don't know and will never know and literally cannot know right because so much was obliterated Hmm. and it makes that point because the book tries to sketch what prehistory looked like and what society looks like that we don't know about and it's an interesting thought experiment but it hammers over and over again even makes the point of in europe and in asia all the richest societies lived on the coast those were the first to go. So we don't know what the wealthiest native societies looked like and we never will. And it's like interesting things like that. And yeah. I, you can't help but think about that, like thinking about like, you know, this book and like that. And, and, and you're right. Like the, the books we read, you know, color us and, 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 and shape us and it shapes the mentality. And of course the mindset we now have is, is handed down through the centuries through this. And you just think of the selectivity of what was destroyed and what wasn't. But the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, like the judge says towards the end of the novel, you know, if you see it all as a dance, you see it all as a ritual, the very fact of the matter is not only were there people sacrificed on the on the altar of the ritual, you know, the native peoples, the, the Mexicans and, and whatnot, were slaughtered on the altar of the ritual, but you also have the people doing the slaughtering were replaced in the dance before really most of them could even tell their stories, and a lot of yeah. them you know, a lot of them bloodied the altar as well. And the people in the dance that the judge sort of scoffs at are the people who replaced it. But the interesting Mm -hmm. thing is that is in real life, the judge is the guy who replaces it. He is the, he is the guy who writes the narrative after the fact, the guy who writes the Western, who tells the tale. Yeah. yeah. And and that's what's (laughs) so, that's what's so interesting about it to me. And like, and, and you have this, you know, and then you have at the ending of it, at the ending of the book, with the kid being one of the only survivors, some of the others getting hanged, he loses the priest, and it's just him and the judge, and he's now the man. He's an adult, and that's really where the the book leaves off at that. And it's and 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 he, you know he's he's wandering the country, and you know he's still in the cycle of violence as a 30, 40 something. You know, kills a fifteen year old in like an altercation. Um, has this, and, and the fifteen year old's just like him. You know, just like him a few years mm-hmm. ago. You know, just like him, just a du- little dumbass. Um, um, and, and you, and he's coming across a guy who was doing his own adventures out in the West and doing just mass slaughter of the Buffalo. And he said, we killed all of them. We killed all of them. Um, um, you, you, and you have him crossing these fields of bone, um, and all this stuff. And you have him finally come for this final reckoning with the judge. And he's going to this town. I forget what it is. Is it Griffith? Something like that. Griffin. Griffin. Yeah. Griffin. And it's, um, and, 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 the kids say that one of the kids who we kills, they say it's the greatest, that town is the greatest, you know, home of sin in, in the whole country. It's, a, it's where all the sin is, where all the weather. And, you know, when the kid talks to the judge, he says, I didn't know you were here. 
One part of me thinks though he 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 was making for the greatest hub of sin in all the country. I, I think he was yeah. going for his final reckoning. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the mm-hmm. time was the time was he knew it was the time. You know, yeah. And he has this final reckoning with his judge in this really bizarre scene, and I want to hear what y'all have to say about <laughs> real bizarre scene where there's a just to describe it. He's in a bar, and and just to like. And there's a bear dancing. At first, I thought it was symbolic. No, there was a dead ass. It's a bear dancing around. Bear. And, 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 it gets, and it gets shot in this sort of altercation that involves neither of them. And there's this real horrible scene of this girl crying over a pet bear that died. And it's it's very weird and strange. And weird. once again, it comes back to this, this theme of like him liking like these, like, you know, these like entertainer types, jugglers and minstrels mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. And, uh, and you have the judge and he has this like last talk where he talks about like the ritual and the war and the violence. And he says to the kid, now the man, you know, you're a disappointment to me, but I could have been like a father to you. And, and, you know, this, this whole thing of like, we're the last two around and you never gave yourself fully to the war. You never gave yourself fully to the blood. And, and in this kind of insinuation that the reason he's alive is because he's somehow a coward for not giving himself fully. And the kid too is, and he's like, and you never learned truly how to dance. And the kid too is like, you know, to his credit, says something like, "Hey man, even that bear could have danced before he could he, before he died." You know, he he he's <laughs> he kind of rejects it towards the end. And then yeah. it it you conclude with the kid. Um, he goes and has sex with a prostitute for a second, or, or or fails to. It's unclear. It's a bad experience for him. And he goes to like you know where people are. People are, are pissing, like some outhouses or whatever. And the judge surprises him and the judge is completely naked and grabs him. And then it cuts to people later looking in the outhouse where they were and the people won't even say what they see, but they're horrified. And then the novel concludes with the judge on the dance floor dancing and playing music and everyone loves him and he will never die. And it says it over and over. He's very, He's beloved by all and he will never die. He's beloved by all and he will never die. And that's where it ends aside from the epilogue, but we can, I can't get to that quite yet. Um, and, and I don't know what, what do y'all think? What the hell is this last few pages? <laughs> well, I, you know, I think the adding the sexual element into it with the prostitute uh, there at the end and, and it being a unsatisfying experience mm-hmm. uh, kind of sets the stage. <laughs> you know yeah. for uh for you know the judge to fuck him to death <laughs> yeah i mean I, <laughs> that seems what it, that seems like what it's saying has happened like i, I know it doesn't mm-hmm. say it literally but like pressed him against his enormous flesh um mm-hmm. is is the closest thing you get uh mm-hmm. yeah that's that's the phrase he uses i think he certainly was naked when he killed him and like pulled him into like a death hunt. yeah like, I, yeah but adding the the with with the like you were saying before, the the mention of I could have been like a father to you, uh, the the issues we know Judge having in throughout the 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 rest of the book, and it never being explicitly said, right? I mm-hmm. think that's another clue, um, yeah, because it is not explicitly said there at the end. It's just another situation. You have been primed this whole time for the judge to be doing horrible, fucked up rape shit uh, yes. behind the scenes. Yeah, and, and then it's, you're and, given and, that at the end. And it's not even, it's not even, I was going to describe the uh, prostitute scene as, uh, well, such as it is, as fade to black, but it doesn't even fade. It just skips. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just yep. meant, you're just meant to fill in the blanks yourself. Yeah. And yeah. What I, do we I, make of the judge like having this sort of? I mean, you know, coming out on top, as it were, and everybody liking him, and he will never die, as it says. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. he's playing the game. He's dancing. Everybody likes games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody That's likes true. To dance. It's true, and he uh, has this moment uh, a few pages before that where the kid is having, you know, an ether dream. Like literally, he's on ether and he's having a dream where he. When we talked about it already, where you see the judge like putting his own likeness along with the idiot transformed into this forge master guy onto money and like wanting to go forward to the markets, and that when the markets <laughs> awaken, he'll put forth his. And it's so there's like this tie-in of money, and there's yep. this tie-in of music. And it's tie-in of sexual violence, and uh, man, this is the the judge is scary as hell. Like I don't, I don't yep. really know how to put it. I, that that's why the only way I could sum it up. I mean, the okay, the devil thing makes sense, and and you know, obviously, the book is heavily inspired by um, you know Cormac Wright's heavily inspired by the King James and and um, biblical references and all that stuff, and it and it and it seems like you know, um, that that's like the obvious thing. Oh, he's representing the devil or whatever. And, and, um, people are always going to love the devil. They're all, you mm-hmm. know, the devil, you know, uh, is an angel of music and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, like there's a lot of those things. Um, but the, the, the weirdness of it and the, um, and the, and again, like, it's just as much inspired by America as it is the King James. I feel like is, is, I guess is my point. Like, I think you Mm. could, you could make the argument that like, uh, and especially being the time that Cormac wrote it, like knowing when, when he wrote it um, specifically trying to, the anti-Western thing in mind, anti-American hero shit. Um, So that's why to me, it just, it, it feels like um, it's going a lot, a lot, for that comparison of um, these, these are the men who built America and they are still celebrated. We don't, nobody talks about all the horrible shit they did. Like I said, I mean, now we do a little bit more, but in 1985, Andrew Jackson was a hero. Nobody talked about the horrible shit mm-hmm. he did. You know, mm-hmm. um, the uh, hell I, George Washington probably got some grimy, nasty, fucked up shit he did. I guarantee it. Yeah. You know oh, George, I mean? George, George Washington literally, be, literally preferred mixed race slaves because he believed they were smarter than full black slaves. Like, oh god, like there's all sorts of rancid shit in his history. See, I, I don't know nothing about it, but I, I just, you know, what? But again, at at the time when Cormac wrote this, um, it's still you didn't talk about those kinds of right. Things. Absolutely, he would have been a renegade for going against the classic american hero story um and and in every sense and you know maybe he i'm not saying like he was making the connection of like yeah uh, he holding is the devil and and america america is the great satan i'm not saying that but i'm i'm saying that like it it's not far-fetched to think that he would have made some comparisons to you know um the uh the American empire and, 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 you know, how, how, how it was formed and being and, and informing how it, how it continues today. Um, so I maybe I am to, reading too much into it, but I don't know. I think a good way to put it is he's the devil, but he's our devil, you know? Yes. Like mm. 
he is he's is. the American devil. Like, yeah, he is, even if even if Cormac McCarthy isn't sitting here saying, I'm going to make the United a spirit of the United States. He is making the devil in the from the perspective of the all American frontier mind. What is the yeah. frontier devil? And yeah. the frontier devil is whether that's Cormac's attention or not the United States. So I think it really, yeah. it, it plays out the same way either way. Yeah. Yes. And you know, he, again, again, the kind of, um, the kind of uh, fever dream that it ends on, you know, the kind of just mm. whirling dance of, um, you know, what's yeah, described and also the words itself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Titties. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> that shit there. Right. Um, he never sleeps. He says, he says he'll never die. He he'll never you know, die. it's it's you know, and how do we know he's saying these things? Because people are listening to him, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he he's he's in the middle of all this dancing because there's music to dance to, because there is this uh there is this scene that's being that's being conjured, because there are these pleasures that are being, you know, pursued for you know however momentary a time, right? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 I mean it speaks to um uh, McCarthy himself, what I'm able to find about him is kind of fundamentally pessimistic about the course of um, of humanity, certainly, yeah. um, like as a whole, like uh, there's no such thing as life without bloodshed. The notion that the species can be improved in some way that everyone could live in harmony is a really dangerous idea. Those who are afflicted with this notion are the first ones to give up their souls, their freedom. You des- your desire that it be that way will enslave you and make your life vacuous. That's Ooh. that's this thing that he said, right? And it's and it's interesting, right? Because it stands in contrast to because I watched his interview with uh, Oprah uh, actually today, right? And he said, look, you know, like the road is, he described the road as, as fundamentally, um, in a way, kind, in a way, kind of, um, carrying a positive message of, look, you know, be grateful for what you have. Mm-hmm. We, you know, life is, life is, life is good. Life is precious. But, um, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to do with that. You know, well, there's it, the the whole carrying the fire thing, and and the, yeah, definitely more positive. Uh, it seems like because he because he is putting out there that there are good guys mm-hmm, that carry yes. the fire, and that and that's not a thing that's in usually in Cormac's books. Uh, you know, as far as like, um, you know, uh, most people don't carry the fire. Most people just set shit on fire. Or mm, fuck right. watermelons or whatever. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like that's just it's they either do weird shit or they do fucked up shit most of the time. Um, you know, so yeah, that is um that is interesting. Cause it does the, the road having that that because everything else you read, it does seem like it's just straight up yeah, peep this world is cold and ugly and you're scared mm. as hell. <laughs> mm. <laughs> And it's dedicated to his son, you know, because yeah. it comes, it, it does come from a place, it does come from a place of love, right? You know? And from a place of uh, it, it wouldn't exist without him, you know. This, 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 this human connection that you really don't find that you really don't find any other way. Well, tell me this: Do you think the epilogue of this book is about carrying the fire? What is this epilogue here? Mm. Now, this is where that's where I was. I was hoping to talk to people smarter than me. I have, uh, idea, y'all got I have an idea on it. But. <laughs> he's he's got like a post hole digger or something like. Yeah. 
Here, one second. It's not too long. I'll just read it. Yeah, yeah. I got it right here. In the dawn, there is a man progressing over the plain by means of holes which he is making in the ground. He uses an implement with two handles, and he chucks it into the hole, and he enkindles the stone in the hole with his steel hole by hole striking the fire out of the rock which God has put there. On the plain behind him, there are wanderers in search of bones and those who do not search, and they move haltingly like in the light, like mechanisms whose movements are monitored with escapement and palate so that they appear restrained by a prudence or reflectiveness, which has no inner reality, and they cross in their progress one by one that track of holes that runs to the rim of the visible ground and which seems less the pursuit of some continuance than the verification of a principle a validation of sequence and causality as if each round and perfect whole owed its existence to the one before it there on that prairie upon which are the bones and the gatherers of bones and those who do not gather. He strikes fire in the hole and draws out his steel. Then they all move on again. And for me, I wanted to read it all the way through just because it is the ending and it is a capstone to it, but my reading of it, um, and from you know reading some scholarship on this, I know this is a an opinion, but this is just what I drew. Was I think it is just showing? I, I think it's. I don't think it's more complicated than this. We're seeing you know the birth of industry. We're seeing the railroads. We're seeing the oil. We're seeing you know it's it's not one thing, but it's this 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 it's the industrialization of this land that has been conquered through blood over the top of the bones. And some people are collecting and some people aren't. Some people are doing a whole lot of things. And it's this idea of, okay, and here's how we got to now. It is like the linking event. You have the judge dancing. You have the creation of industry. You have the industrial revolution, fire being drawn out of rock. This almost like, you know, this alchemical moment, very similar to what the judge does earlier in the book. And, and you have this moment of like sequence and causality, you know, talking about how the holes owe existence to the one before it. That reminds Advancing me a lot of across how, the plane. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it reminds me a lot of how the judge says people can only go. He talks about causality and he talks about a lot about causality and how we only come from things before us and how we only mm-hmm. exist in arcs that we are tied to. It feels a lot to me like McCarthy describing the industrialization of the United States forged on the basis of the judge and the actions of the Glanton gang. That's how I read. Yeah. 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 That like what Josh was talking about earlier, Um, Mm. you know, the, 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 the thing that happens before while we are here, you know? Um, And, and that, that was the way I read it too. I just didn't know if like the, what actual thing, that this person is doing was like some sort of um, thing that I just don't know about, like the the actual work with the holes and the, you know, I thought maybe it was just like something, some part, some obscure part of that infrastructure mm-hmm. setting it up that, there's, you know, nobody two, does anymore. <laughs> there's two sets of theories online that I've seen and that it's either oil digging or railroading. I thought it was um, oil at first too. I think it's just, they, they say some are looking for bones and some are doing steel. I think it's just all of it. Like, I think it's a generic, not generic. That, it's a generalized, a lot of folks doing a lot of things. Yeah. Kind of thing. I saw one, and this one is a stretch, though. I thought it was kind of cool, so I'll note it. 
they say a couple of the things they describe here. They talk about the fire, but the handles and the chucks and the hole by hole. Someone said, and and there was one more word in there. I forget which one it was. Oh, and the drawing out steel. Someone said it sounds kind of like the way it's described almost feels like the clack of a typewriter. And what if he's describing the process of writing? I don't think that's oh. it. That's a neat way of thinking. Well, I, I like had what gotten the person a, is doing. Yeah, I do too, because I had a similar one where I was thinking it was uh fences barbed wire yeah sure uh, yeah yeah the, the, hole it's by a... hole, yeah the post hole digger putting in the fences barbed wire is literally the thing that ended the days of the wild west the yes. invention of yes. barbed wire is what changed all of that so and i but that was me linking my knowledge of, of this special i had seen about barbed wire you know right. and i was like so maybe that's not it but but again like like you're saying the drawing out the steel and and the and the how he describes the digging of the holes and then how a fence putting up that fence could also be sort of like this general you know idea mm -hmm. of i mean fences represent you know the the advancement of um of people claiming property. shit taking over shit yes. property um, yeah. So yeah. that was kind of, but, but again, like I, I, I thought maybe, or it could be some other kind of thing they had to do for infrastructure out there that I just don't know about because, you know, it, it happened way back, way back then. Something they had one, to do for the telegrams or something. I one thing know. I know for sure is the judge says earlier in the novel that like those who like carve in stone are trying to do like, are like altering the world itself. They're like yes. making something yeah. permanent. And that's going to last. And 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 it, noting that and talking about the whole like the fire that God had put there and people doing that, it just feels like like property and industrialization sort yeah. of taking hold over this wilderness. Yeah, it doesn't um, matter so much what kind of infrastructure there is. It matters that there is infrastructure, right? There is yeah. this fence being drawn out. There is this track being laid through this trackless waste. There is this border being drawn. And there is this mythology springing up around the drawing of that border. Mm -hmm. You know, each man tabernacling in another and, you know, bearing witness to the uttermost edge of the world. However, however, um, however skewed the glass through which they look may be, right? Mm -hmm. Which, which I think begs the question, are we the wanderers in search of bones? Yeah. Or yeah, which one are we in that group behind them? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Guy like me is trying to find some bones. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good like uh, it's it's an interesting thing and it's it's interesting and it, it and and you know it ties in I think interestingly with like novels that like take place later like All the Pretty Horses, like mm -hmm. um No Country for Old Men where you see McCarthy is deeply aware of the violence necessary in the maintenance of a border between two states. Mm -hmm. um, that's something he's deeply aware of for whatever his politics are. I know he's aware of that. Absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. um, not just in the early days, but in the later data as well, that the, the violence inherent in that intersection between two societies and the idea in, 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 in when law enforcement comes into it and in pseudo law enforcement in the mm -hmm. sense of these like deputized glant knights or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, and, and uh, you know, one gets the idea uh, and it's an idea that I tend to agree with 
that in, in McCarthy's perfect world, um, you know, and I get this from all the pretty horses and its sequel novels that in, 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 in McCarthy's perfect world, there weren't going to be these border fences. It's going to be a lot of folks riding around on horses, eating tortillas and everybody being bilingual. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's, <laughs> McCarthy. I don't know that he has like a, a, a developed idea of a socioeconomic and political system that undergirds that. But I think in his ideal world, there's a lot of eating of tortillas and there's a lot of uh, <laughs> folks riding back and forth um, between, between little, little towns speaking English and Spanish. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. why I reject the narrative uh, that some people have put forward that this epilogue is supposed to be like hopeful somehow. I don't think it's supposed to be deeply mm-hmm. negative, but I, I don't like the narrative that people are like, oh, he's saying now the Wild West era is over and we brought civility to the wasteland. No, no nothing is nothing ends. No yeah. way. No way. It's, he just said simply... the judge says you'll never die. He literally and and it's a, a, a succession of moments. That's what mm-hmm. it is. It's mm-hmm. just a succession of moments, each one represented by those who were fucked up enough to survive them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then they all move on again. And then yeah, they man. all move on again. That's another one of those, you know, things that keeps coming up. He says it several times. It's repeated throughout the novel. And they wrote exactly. on. And they wrote on. Then they wrote on. And they wrote on, man. That 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 needs to go along with like "So It Goes" from Kurt mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah there's your and they they wrote on and they spit dryly. These uh-huh. motherfuckers spitting dryly or uh, just spitting. Motherfuckers be spitting. If you ain't yeah. got nothing to say, spit. Yeah, work. that's the thing. If, you, if, you've, if they had water recently, it spit. If they hadn't, it spit dryly. I think because <laughs> yeah. he's like, I'm not spitting anything that like a lizard's gonna come up and lick up. That's all. <laughs> like, no, that's all mine right there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Norman McCarthy was spitting. I tell you what. Yeah, he was. <laughs> that, was book, that man was spitting. Mm. Yeah, man. This is uh man. This is a just a just a hell of a novel and. uh Hell of a t- just reading it is a you know it's a deeply like it's deeply intense experience but uh man it's it's been great uh it was great it's been great chopping it up with all about it um absolutely just as we sort of move into the ending i guess i mean we've already said a lot of it but what can we what do you think we can take away from this um what 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 do, what is something we can learn i have i have kind of a thought on it um but i wanted to see what 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 takeaways y'all have you know uh you know and I don't mean like, oh, how then shall we uh, decolonialize the? I, I, I don't <laughs> not you know. I mean, hell, yeah, if you got an sure. idea, then throw it out there. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm interested to hear what uh, what Josh has to say on this one here. Um, having never read any Cormac before, and and um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you roll on that. I mean, to me, to me, it's just look. Don't let other people tell you what your you know what your life means. You know, because mm-hmm. okay. it's it kind of it kind of got it kind of got something going in my head. Shoot, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. It kind of got something going in my head when we were talking about, you know, the people fucked up to survive. Oh, oh, yeah. The people the, then they all move on. Right. The people yeah. most invested in um in saying that there is a moment that happened at that point in the past from which we need to move on. Right. And it has no effect on us today in this, in this day and age, the people who are telling you that are trying to sell you something, you know, mm. that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. 
I think for me, um, it's one of those novels that can teach a lot of people. I think it can show a lot of people uh, who um, have a, it can open people's eyes to the reality of a lot of things and make them see that maybe, maybe make them see behind a little bit of that um, mythology. Um, but not just in, you know, the American experiment, but just in the way the world works in general. Uh, and it, and it, a lot of Cormac's novels um, ultimately come down to this, and that is, um, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cold reality of it is what it is. And it's, and, um, and that is sometimes fucked up. It's, it's disturbing. A lot of the times it's fucked up and disturbing, especially in this place. Um, because that's, you know, this, this place where, where this novel is set, where this, the man writing it, everything, you know, he said famously books are made of books, all the books that he read, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff, it, it is the the culmination of 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 all that and um and it and it is not anything that's like uh i guess that you can't you can really draw any definitive conclusions from except that um maybe war is god <laughs> you know mm. uh, like um and and when everything else is stripped away uh if you're in a, if you're in when when the world gets how it can get um like it is in in this book and and in the road um and even in child of god for for lester ballard and, and the people he interacts with like um it just <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> you know it's it's it the and it and it's and a lot of that time it's it's fucked up you just don't hear about it. Cause like you were saying before it, the people that told you aren't going to tell you about the fucked up parts. A mm. lot of the time, the person that's going to tell you about the fucked up parts are, is, is the weird, um, renegade, uh, writer dude. Who's literally just trying to, um, whose mission is to do just that. He's the only one yeah. that's going to do it. We're lucky that he got famous and did it, you know, mm. but, uh, I bet the a lot guy of who people, knew from the beginning, he wasn't going to be a good citizen like you say right right so I, th I think that's take that at least you know that, that people mm. can hopefully um peel back some of that mythology absolutely and i think the last thing that's worth noting is you know holden you know he's bragging that he'll never die and he hasn't but uh oh, yeah. we'll uh it's I, I, I think it really is the job of each and every one of us to uh, honestly, one way or another, we've got to square up with Holden Try in to our own square lives. the fuck up. Yep. Sidely. Because Holden says he'll never die, but like, we'll see about that. Yep. that. That's that's, I think, another thing that we need to take away. But yeah, mm. I, yeah. I, I, I really appreciate y'all. I really want to uh, before I, I have a quote I want to close this out on. But before I do that, I wanted to. Uh, Drew, I wanted to give you a chance. If you have anything you want to plug, anything you want to say, anything you want to close out on. We don't got a ton of listeners, but we've got more listeners this week and the week before and more than the week before that. So, you know, who knows <laughs> well, hey, how many folks do listen to this? I, I just 
only thing I got to say is how much I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. I had a blast in this conversation, and I am down to do it anytime y'all want to do it. So, hell give yeah, me a holler. hell yeah, I love you too, dude. Oh uh, man, I really appreciate. It. Well, yeah, y'all, y'all follow him on uh, Twitter. What is it's at DKP Mason. Yeah, that's the the hand. Yeah, yeah. At DKP Mason. If you want to know about some dirt magic, you want to know about some plants and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, I've try real hard, especially lately, to to focus on that kind of stuff and not get um too caught up in the game. (laughs) You want to see? You want to see somebody threaten Elon Musk with bodily harm? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not. If you you know if if talking shit about the police. in a very violent way is it's not something you want to see no nah, I've, I've i've been refraining from that a lot of ways <laughs> lately no, I've, been, I've been stayed away from that <laughs> no you're good you're good well we again we really appreciate you um very very much but i i really wanted to close this out just because in light in light of um you know Cormac mccarthy's very you know recent passing um and you know of course um, you know, of course leaves a huge gap and, you know, really was the guy that everybody was like, there, that was it. That was the great, that yep. was the greatest American author. And now he's gone. And man, Tony Morrison a few years ago as well. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's who knows who it is. And you know, it's, it's not really important to fill it. Maybe they're out there eating beans right there. Maybe right they're out now. there eating <laughs> beans. It's exactly right. But it's, it's a, it's a thing to think about. And it's just like, you know, it's something to give space for. And I wanted to read a quote of Cormac's, uh, not from this book, but from The Road, um, because it felt just, it felt like it's it's the final paragraph of that book, but it felt like something he'd like as his own send-off, and I kind of wanted to use it as a socialist shelf's send-off for him, even though I'm sure okay. we'll talk about his books again in the future. I wanted to read this paragraph here. She said that the breath of God was his breath, Yet, though it passed from man to man through all of time. Once there were brook trout in the streams and the mountains. You could see them standing in the amber current where the white edges of their fins wimpled softly in the flow. They smelled of moss in your hand, polished and muscular and torsional. On their backs were, were vermiculate patterns that were maps of the world and its becoming maps and mazes of a thing which could not be put back not be made right again in the deep glens where they lived all things were older than man and they hummed mystery appreciate y'all coming on y'all have a good one always a pleasure